Welcome, everyone. We are Red Weather Christians. I'm Steve. And I'm Jen. And today we are going to be talking about predestination versus free will. Yeah, it seems like there's a choice between the two, but that would almost that imply free will. Hmm. Already a conundrum. <laughs> yeah. So good luck making that choice. So this was never really a hot debate for me growing up, going to church and hanging out with some Christian folk. I think we just all thought, oh, it's free will. We are free to make our own choices and we are free to choose to believe in God or not. Right. And for me, it was always free will as as well. Uh, But there came a point where I was I was only searching for the answers that ended up leading to free will. Well, free will is enticing, right? It gives you control and it gives you power to make your own choices and determine your own fate in life. Right. Weird that you would use the word fate and what we determined when describing free will. Well, I would determine, I would choose which paths in life to take. And by my choosing, I would indirectly determine my fate. All right. Yeah. So we jump into this topic that some people don't think about at all. Like You just never come across it. But like we said, in high school and, and early on, we never thought about it other than must be free will. Yeah. Now come into play some deeper thoughts when we get to college about what does it mean for God to be omnipotent? What does it mean for him to be omniscient? And how does that affect either predestination or free will? Well, I would go back to high school for a second for me. And that's when, you know, you have that big question Probably when you are a teenager, that's when you start thinking about life, right? Kind of. And the big question that that I heard people asking was, why would God create a world in which he knew people would burn in hell? Now, this would go for free will or predestination. But the point I'm making here is not to get into that, but that I heard that question posed as a teenager, and I didn't even take the time to think about it. And it's weird because now, as an almost 40-year-old, I think about that question. I don't understand why God would create all these humans knowing that some of them would eternally burn in the fiery flames of hell. Yeah, but then on the other side, you might wonder if we have the choice to choose God or not choose God, that it's us choosing to burn in hell. Yes, but if he knew that we were going to choose that because he is all-knowing, omniscient, wouldn't he indirectly be sending us to hell if he knew we were going to choose that and he knew we were going to be born and live a life? Right, but then I would wonder also about that other thing we mentioned, omnipotence, and if he knows that's what's going to happen, does he even have the power to change it? I think most all Christians would say, yes, he has the power. He he has the power. He's all powerful. He is omnipotent. Sure. But apparently he doesn't have the power to change our minds to choose him. 
he chooses not to change our minds, right? So I, I see the point that you're making. By choosing not to change our minds, indirectly, again, sending people to hell. Right. And herein lies the problem. What we basically have are two sides, free will or predestination. And in that, we think that those are the only two options and that one of them is right and one of them is wrong. Yeah, I remember in college, people would talk about this a little bit more and debate it. It wasn't like, oh, well, it doesn't matter or both of them could be true or anything like that. It was one is right and one is wrong. And which side are you on? <laughs> yeah, because one of them's going to win. Yeah. And I like, want to be on the side with winners. It's like a war. Yeah, winners never lose. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's something like that from Gravity Falls. It's a, that's a fun cartoon. What a great show. All right. So here's what happened, though, as we were diving into it ourselves with maybe some biblical support. Good luck finding a scripture that supports free will. And yet, that is what I believed all of my young life. I never heard a sermon about predestination and why it is correct and has all the scriptural support. I only ever heard, and I heard it a lot, about free will. This is strange because there really isn't much in the Bible, if anything. I don't think the words free will are even used in the Bible anywhere. But why is it, I wonder, that it seems like most churches or most Christians preach about and believe in free will? Well, this same debate rages on in the world of science. So if you didn't know, there's determinism and there's relative chaos theory where either everything you can know, you know, and that's determined based on all the pre-existing conditions, or it's absolute chaos and anything can happen anytime. Both are well supported by science. And not being a truly learned scientist, I can say that I, I don't take one side or the other in that case either, as far as really knowing which is right. Yeah, I, I don't really know much about the science part of it, but thank you for that. <laughs> um, but what I think about is church marketing and how if all the churches preached predestination, well, A, who would come to church? Okay, well, I guess we have to back up because we didn't really talk about the word predestination. If you look it up in a dictionary, as I did, it says, of God, destine someone for a particular fate or purpose. And then if you look up just the word destine, it says intend or choose someone or something for a particular purpose or end. So predestine, you think about God determining our fate ahead of time. So we're born into this world. God already knows, not even knows. It's more predestined. There's more of an action in that verb. He destines us either to heaven or to hell. So I think about these churches and they're like, well, dang, that that's kind of uh, definite. If we preach free will, then we have a larger role to play in people's lives. They can come to the church. We can teach them about what choices to make to get them to go to heaven, what choices to make to avoid hell. So I see it. I mean, the science is great, but I see it from, I guess, more of a social perspective. Like what? Would there be very many churches if free will wasn't a thing? Right. 
And that goes hand in hand with how we make choices in everyday life. And if you're only on the secular side of this and you're wondering, yeah, I don't know, is, is everything I plan to do already determined based on all of the other pre-existing conditions? Basically, you ask yourself the question, does it matter at all? You know, whether you're t- coming from the secular perspective from science and thinking your life is determined anyway, or sometimes your choices matter, you, you still have to answer this, kind of. But the Bible has this, we love it for some of the verses, like Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. Oh, yeah. Super popular verse, that one, in high school, but mostly college, because I went to a public high school, the heathens, and then a Christian college. So I heard it all the time in college, for I know the plans for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Right. That whole thing, it's like, wait, you have the plans for me? That's great. I'd love to know those plans. But wait, you have plans for me? Do I need to make plans? I have my planner. It's real cute. (laughs) Right. Like, now what do I have to do? If you have the plans, I just follow the plans. Yeah. But I think for me and for people I knew in college, it was just that kind of verse that was very reassuring. Like, oh, God's got this. You know, he ultimately knows what's going to happen. And that kind of took a weight off. It can, but then the weight is put back on you thinking that you don't get to choose. Yeah, that's what, when you start really thinking about it, that's what doesn't make sense about that verse, among others. Right. Among all the other verses that support a position of predestination or predetermined outcomes. Probably the most famous verses on predestination come from Romans eight twenty nine through 30. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Wow, lots of verbs here. Predestined, called, justified. Glorified. Well, it makes it pretty simple. He's going to glorify me. He already predestined it. If he chose you to go to heaven. Yes. So another popular verse would be Ephesians 1, 4. It happens again in verse 11. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Once again, we have the word predestined. This is the God of the universe who could create everything and could feasibly control everything with his omnipotence. So, of course, he chose where all the people are supposed to go, heaven and hell. But then in other parts of the Bible, it's it it says things like you need to believe in Jesus, like you need to believe in Jesus. So then to believe in something seems to imply a choice. So then we have the whole thing where, well, is the predestined idea just that God knew ahead of time who would choose him and who would not choose him? Not necessarily that he, well, I'm going to use the word, predestined people to heaven or hell. Yeah, that's a question. Does he just know the the end, the result, or does he control that result. It's just strange to me that he would create humans knowing ahead of time 
that some of them were going to choose hell. I don't know how you reconcile that as Almighty God. I mean, I guess that would be a question if I ever get to meet him that I would definitely ask. Like, so how you feeling about all those people in hell, God? <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, and someone might argue, well, you won't even know that hell exists when you're in heaven, so don't even worry about it. Nah, 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 nah. I read a book about heaven called Heaven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By Randy Alcorn, and he based everything that he wrote about on scripture. So for everyone who believes the Bible, this is probably a book that you would appreciate. But he he says that people in heaven are aware of things going on on the earth. Now, that's the first heaven. The second heaven is a resurrected earth. And at that point, that's like the eternal heaven. At that point, no, I'm not sure if we would be aware of hell or if hell would be just vanquished at that point. But then I don't know. Well, that sounds convincing. (laughs) Anyway, we have these problems. But here's what I want everyone to think about when maybe this topic gets brought up. And that is, would you live your life any differently if you knew it was free will or predestination? Yes. And I think about all of the evil that is here on this earth right now. And that also brings to mind another very kind of big foundational question of, you know, if God created humans, why would he create some that turn out to be so evil? But then it makes me think about... Regardless of your beliefs, how are you living on this earth right now? How are you trying to make this earth better right now? Yes, this goes back to a previous episode, the Rob Bell episode about the idea of bringing heaven to earth. But more and more, I'm thinking, gosh, that's got to be it, right? Because there's so much evil in this world. Maybe Christianity's focus shouldn't be so much on the afterlife. But maybe it should be more on this life and making it better right here and right now, regardless of if you believe in predestination or if you believe in free will. When you said that, I thought of Second Life and Dwight flying around. That's what I thought of. And how we probably shouldn't focus on Second Life because it's not real. Ooh. I mean, in the analogy, we still believe that there is some afterlife, but it's not real to us right now. So it's just like Second Life. Yeah, maybe don't invest too much of your time and energy and thoughts on something that isn't happening right now. If that's going to take up time that you could be doing good things in this world right now. Right. Like, don't worry about wearing mustard-colored button-up shirts in Second Life (laughs) just so it looks like yourself. Don't worry about when I'm getting to heaven. Is it it because I was predestined or I chose it? Through free will. Like, both good. Mustard-colored button-up shirts, good. Very good. You just don't need to worry about it yet. Yeah, and maybe you don't worry about it. Maybe this is just not at all a question that you think about or care about. But you know what? Listen, I hear a lot of people say these catchphrases like, well, it was just meant to be, or that's how fate would have it, or that was just part of God's plan. Yeah, Drake said that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's God's plan. Anyway, so this comes up in our history of, you know, spiritual formation. Disillusionment? Sure, because we were strong free will believers as teenagers. We started to doubt that as collegians. 
Ooh, I was wondering what word you were going to use. <laughs> anyway, and then I was affirmed that predestination was probably what was supported by the Bible with one of our churches who talked specifically about predestination. And then that's the position that that church held. I was like, okay, sounds good to me. Yeah, interestingly, that particular church was considered a seeker church. And if you don't know, a seeker church, the purpose is to go out into the community and find people who are not Christians and bring them into the church or find people who are very young, quote unquote, in their faith and bring them into the church. So we went to a church where there were quite a few people who were young in their faith or had just converted to Christianity. So it was weird that the pastor believed in predestination, but was also the pastor of a seeker church. Right, where we would go, hopefully, change the minds of people in the community. Yeah, it just, when you put those two things together, it doesn't make much sense. However, again, there's rhetoric within the Christian church that I've heard about this, and that is, God predestined us to evangelize to those particular people, and if we don't do it, then that's not what God had in store, and that that those people wouldn't be reached. But wait. Because it's God's plan, we did it, and now the plan is coming to fruition. It's confusing. So basically, we get to choose to follow the plan. We don't get to choose not to follow the plan. So we don't have a choice? We have a choice of one. It's like when you're voting, (laughs) and there's only one name on the ballot. All your choice. So, but would the choice be to vote or not to vote? Nope. You get to choose that person. Wait, but are you saying that everybody's going to heaven? Or are you saying that it's just all already chosen by God? Like, you, you, and you, you get to go to heaven. You, you, and you, you're going to burn eternally in hell. Yeah, just like that. That's what I said. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds great. I know. It's also weird because we we keep using this word choose or choice. And you're like, but that's not a choice. I, I don't understand. Why are you saying choice? There isn't one. Yes, we have what is otherwise considered a false dilemma. You don't, you don't even have the choice at this point. But if you create just predestination or free will, only one of them can be right? I'm, I'm lost. We'll be right back. So Steve and I had planned a trip to Texas for my friend Monica's wedding, and we booked our tickets to Dallas from Jacksonville. It was a direct flight. No, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't? No, nothing direct from Jacksonville. I know. I thought it was, though. It's like Atlanta or something like aye, that. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so, but anyway, it was a pretty short flight. We were very excited. We had booked, like, a kind of nice hotel We just had one kid at the time, and he was little and cute and not a total nuisance yet. And it was going to be a lovely (laughs) trip, you know? I get to go to my good friend's wedding. I should also mention, I roomed with this girl for all four years of college. We were very close. Love her. And so we get on the plane. We have high hopes. And we believe that our final destination is Dallas. It's what we bought our tickets for, and it's what we're looking forward to. Little did we know. Right. This is where, you know, change of plans, maybe something else was destined for us. Uh, oh gosh, I don't even know if we're going to go into the whole story. This Ga- old man had an oxygen tank, something, something. He ran out of oxygen. 
We had to make an emergency landing because he didn't plan to have enough oxygen, and it was ultimately his fault. But we had to make an emergency landing in... Little Rock, Arkansas. Yes, and it was late at night. And how old was Asher at the time? Like two or three? He was under two. Oh, he was under two because he's free. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. So it's the middle of the night. We have an almost two-year-old. What? An emergency landing in Little Rock? And then we... We get to Little Rock, and so we're like, okay, he'll get off the plane, he'll get more oxygen, and we'll we'll be on our way. Oh, no, no. The pilot timed out. So then they have to wait. I Eight hours. Okay, so we waited for that pilot or a different pilot? Those pilots, because they got to get to Dallas. Oh, so then we had to wait eight hours as per, you know, regulations, which is, it's a good thing to have the regulations. Um, but what that meant was they had to put us up in a hotel. So we had to all deboard the plane, go into the airport, wait in lines, get vouchers for a hotel, blah, 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 blah. And then they shuttled us to the hotel and it was a whole thing. So we lost uh, a night being in Dallas at this really cool hotel that we were going to be staying at. Yeah. So was that our choice? Absolutely not. Our choice was Dallas. We had a destination. It was already predetermined we would get to Dallas. And ultimately, we did get to Dallas. But what was this in-between part? Did, was that determined for us? Uh, it was life, Steve. It was life. <laughs> right. Coming uh, at you. Yeah. Which, those are the types of things you're like, I didn't plan for this. I don't think God planned for this. What happened? And yet, as... We can rest assured that God knows the plans he has for us. Little Rock. Arkansas. Yeah, it was okay. We all survived. But it certainly was not what we thought was going to happen. Yeah, so ultimately, we still come back to this question. How does this topic affect how you live your life right now? That is the most important thing. I find it so frustrating that people, not even just Christians, but just people, get really tangled up in these little arguments little big arguments, and they forget to just live a good life. Like somehow that goes by the wayside because they're so distracted by arguing with somebody on stinking Facebook. Well, let's be clear. This doesn't always happen on Facebook. Again, the scientific arguments, they make these and they they base their careers off of some of this. But I would argue still that they would come back to this question of how do they live their life? Do they choose to love those around them, to take care of people? Do they still choose that on a daily basis? And I would say yes. Yes, they do. And it makes life a little bit more enjoyable to think that we have the free will to choose, even if we don't. Yeah, I don't think there is any biblical argument that should take you away from living a good life and being a good human and loving others and taking care of others. Because ultimately, I hear this as someone who's who's in favor of predestination, say, it doesn't matter what I do. And I just think, what? Yes, of course it matters what you do. Yeah, yeah. Well, we certainly don't want to believe in predestination and let that be a cop-out for our actions, right? Like, oh, well, he already knows the plans for me, so I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. I mean, I, I really can't believe that that's what God would want us to do. But it is strange if he predestined some of us to go to heaven and some of us to go to hell and we can't change that. What do you do? 
well, still live a good life, I guess. <laughs> right. That's what we are. That's what we would say. So the other thing that happens when you start talking about these theoretical situations that may not affect how you live your life, you start to realize that some of them can take away what we attribute to God. Like, okay, if he doesn't know who's going to heaven or hell, it's free will. Wait, he doesn't know something? That can't be right. That takes power away. But then if he he does know, it's just that he is allowing us to make the choice and he knows ahead of time which choice we're going to make. Again, it goes back to he knows people are going to choose hell and he chooses not to change their mind. Even though he would theoretically have the power to do so. But what if he knew what they were choosing and couldn't change their minds? Now he doesn't have the power to change people's minds? What kind of God is this? Not an omnipotent God. So then you have these theoretical situations that take powers away from God? Ugh. Yeah, I think if there's one thing that Steve and I are, are fairly clear on is we don't feel like we are in any position to put limits on God or put God in, into any sort of box, whether it be a Bible-shaped box or otherwise. What I'm trying to think of is what is there, what other option is there? I mean, is it truly just free will or predestination? Could it be both? Could it be neither? I'm not sure. And neither am I. Welcome to this episode, everyone. We have no answers for you. A lot of confusion and a lot of questions. But I would still surmise that there could be something other than those two options. And we can still look for that. Or we can think about, could they both be true? Yeah, maybe they could be. God might be outside of our understanding. He might be outside of time. So there are certainly many elements of God that we will never understand. So who's to say that it has to be one or the other? Yeah, or you could imagine there are some people who are predestined, and then some people are allowed to choose. Both go to heaven. Interesting. So if this doesn't ultimately matter, whether it's free will or predestination, and you come to the point that you say it doesn't matter, just be a good human, you might be inclined to say, wait, does it matter to believe in God or not? I would still say, yes, that matters. I think having an example for us to follow that is above humans is very good. So the question if... So the question, if you believe in God or not, how does that change your behavior? And you're like, well, it shouldn't. You should still be a good human. And then I go, man, that is, that's not a bad argument there. What argument is there to believe in God? That's a really good question. I think that many people would probably answer that having a spiritual relationship with God is a more fulfilling way to live. It is a more full way to live. And I can resonate with that. I feel like the spiritual element of my faith is really lovely. I feel very connected to God in nature. When I look at the beautiful mountains that surround me and the volcanoes and the snowy peaks, when I look up at a beautiful sky with birds flying through the air or even just a beautiful flower, it's not just something from nature to me. There is an element of the spiritual. And I do think for me that makes my life more fulfilling. But it's interesting that when I was growing up in the church, I feel like I heard this pretty often. It's not 
good enough to just be a good person. And I think maybe that is what God wants us to be and to make this earth better and to do our best to get rid of evil as much as we can. I mean, we're pretty evil humans. Look at all the wars, genocide. It's horrific. But they were saying that in the context of conversion, right? It's not you can't just be a good enough person to earn your spot in heaven. That's kind of what I heard a lot growing up. Right. Well, let's hope you were predestined then. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) But either way, I am going to try my best to live a good life. Yep, you might not have heard it here first, but now you've been destined to hear it again. We are Red Weather Christians. I'm Jen. I'm Steve. Leave no doubt unturned. Until next time. Until next time.